Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more movie and nostalgia podcasts, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our youth. That... We almost had it. But it's like the hardest thing that I've ever had to say. It's you can hard. just skip over it. You don't even really have to explain time. what we're all doing here. I mean, what are, are we doing sure? here? Yeah. I don't know. I literally said that. I didn't say that to my therapist yesterday, but I was like, what is, just like, what is everyone doing? <laughs> you know, I ask that to myself all the time. Like, I know, multiple me too. times a day. What <laughs> is everyone doing? It's like, what is everyone doing? I know what I'm doing, kind of, but whatever. Okay. I don't know how else to say it if I don't see that part. Oh, you just say, uh, welcome to Wistful Thinking. I'm Jordan Poling Clark. <laughs> With me. I thought maybe I tricked you into doing this. No. You're going to do it. This is, I'm being you right now. I'm okay. Jordan Poling Clark. With me is my co-host, Kara Gale Regan. Hi. <laughs> we did the whole podcast opposite. Yeah. And today, we're talking about one of Kara's favorite movies from when she was a childhood, a little movie called Fern Gully. When she was a childhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We are off to a great start. Do you want to just call that the intro? Oh, absolutely. I was oh, going to cut that out. All right. Perfect. Uh, I'm not cutting any of that out. Oh, you have to edit this. Don't cut any of that out. <laughs> um. <laughs> so... Uh, it's a new month, which means a new theme here at Wistful Thinking. We're no longer at camp. Instead, we're acknowledging that the world is on fire. <laughs> like, literally. Which, like, I've, yeah, like, I feel like we always try to acknowledge that, but, like, literally, the world's on fire now. Yeah. So, in honor of that, we watched Fern Gully. Which, I watched it twice. <laughs> I could barely watch it once. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh no! Did you did you see it when you were a kid? I mean, yeah, but I don't. I think I saw it maybe like once oh, when I was a kid. Okay. Like yeah. I didn't watch this movie. Yeah, we had it on VHS. I think it like came out in April of the year that it came out, which I think was ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. I think I like went to see it for my birthday party, so it like impa- imprinted on my brain <laughs> very seriously. And then I like watched it so many times because we owned it, and it's the reason that I am who I am today in a lot of ways. I think like if there's any one movie that's had like an outsized impact on me, it's definitely this one. Wow. Why? What? Why? Which parts? All of it. Um, but I have a business card that says Flower Fairy. I mean, that's not a coincidence. It's definitely this movie's fault. Um, I, my ideal date is, uh, prancing through tiny bioluminescent cave ponds. You know, that's, I know, like people do. (laughs) My preferred way to wake up is, uh, to, uh, awaken in the center of a blooming flower and then nudged gently out of the flower by a growing vine. Um, all of these things are... I wish that you could have that. I know. Yeah. Uh, okay. So if you've never seen Fern Gully, it's, um, it's a animated movie from 1992 with a really good voice cast, actually. Oh my goodness. Um, Samantha Mathis, Christian Slater, Tim Curry, Robin Williams, Tone Chong. Who? Tone Loke, uh, funky cold Medina guy. He is the oh, lizard. Oh, yeah. 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 I like that lizard. Um, and it's about a group of fairies. Are they all fairies and some other animals who live in the rainforest in Australia? And they think that the humans are all dead because they left and ha- like a long time ago and haven't seen a human since then. And then the humans come because they're cutting down the trees. Um, And one of the fairies shrinks one of the humans with her magic. And he lives in the woods with them in the woods, in the the forest, in the rainforest for like a day. And uh, (laughs) it's 
He just yeah, it does seem to only be like a couple days. I <laughs> okay, so when you described this movie to me, um, you were like, it's a brisk 78 minutes and it's low on plot. And that's true. It's a, For a movie that's like try like has a really nice beautiful i cried mm-hmm. at the opening monologue of the movie oh that and opening, then don't yeah, remember the rest of the movie at all yeah that's fine i mean um like there really is almost no plot to it it's just like well you you skipped over the part about hexus who is like the spirit of destruction who like the main magical fairy trapped inside of a tree a long time ago, and then it, the yeah. humans cut I down the tree. I forgot that and, that happened. Yeah, and like released him, and he is like feeding off of the destruction, uh, and like gaining power, and is about to destroy Fern Gully. Um, and also, like a human winds up with the fairies, and he helps the fairies. Well, actually, he doesn't really help the fairies do anything. But the main character, Krista, she's a little fairy. She saves the whole forest. By sacrificing herself, and then it turns out she's fine. It's great. Um, but it's beautiful. Like the animation is so beautiful. Maybe not the yeah, character animation. Um, it's a little, uh, not great. Um, but it all looks the background just like the so Little good. Mermaid. Yeah, like there are even scenes, and I'm like, that's from the Little Mermaid. <laughs> and I I tried to look at because this is not a Disney film. Correct. Um and. But I so I tried to look up who animated it, and they definitely brought in like the woman, basically the woman who made Ursula, mm-hmm. came in and also made the like sludge monster Tim Curry. Hexus. Oh, yeah, Hexus. I, I don't remember anything about this movie. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, and they had to like reel her in a bunch because she was making him too scary. <laughs> yeah, he but is so, so scary. That, that makes me think that they definitely there was crossover with oh. like the other animators too, and Disney was super pissed yeah. off about so this there's movie. A- and Robin Williams does t- <laughs> the voice in this too. Yeah, there's actually like a really interesting story behind this movie that I didn't know about, which is that so it's it was actually like an Australian American venture. Um, the guy who like wrote and directed this, or I don't know if he wrote and directed it, but anyway, the guy that was in charge, he and his wife, or his wife would like tell their kids these like fantastical stories about the fairies and the rainforest in Australia, um, and then they decided that they were going to make it into a movie, and after he had some success with uh, bringing Crocodile Dundee to the United States, he, like, moved to Hollywood and was going to set up this, like, indie animation studio, and uh, somebody, like, took him on a tour at Disney and, like, pointed out all of the top animators to hire, so he, like, poached them away, and then Disney... Um, Jeffrey Katzenberg in particular, who was the head of Disney at that time, was so pissed off about it that they, um, at least twice rented buildings that this new animation studio was going to set up in. Like, they came in and, like, offered a better price for it so that they, like, wouldn't have any space to work. And then they wound up in this brewery in the valley, and, uh, like, Jeffrey Katzenberg was, like, trying to destroy the production at any at any and all costs. And um, Robin Williams had signed on to do the voice of Batty in Ferngully before Disney approached him to do Aladdin, which also came out in 1992. Um, And so Jeffrey Katzenberg was just like on this like tirade of like trying to destroy this studio and also like uh, violated the contract that he had with or that Robin Williams had signed with Disney that like they couldn't use his voice or likeness in any of the marketing materials and stuff for Aladdin and they uh, violated that contract which I find very interesting Um, well Robin Williams was basically like you can't tell me what to do yeah I'm doing both yeah and I'm so glad that he did because I love this movie so Batty much. Was the, and Batty, Batty was, was the, the only part of, part of this yeah. that I had remembered at all. Uh, price check on Produce Bob. Price check I think that's produce. probably true for most people who like didn't watch this all the time. Is like you remember Batty? Yeah. 
because he's this uh, character, he's a fruit bat that has escaped from a biology lab where humans were experimenting on him and had like installed some sort of like um, electrical interface in his head and now he has brain damage. Um, but he uh, plays a big role in saving everybody. Do they, like, glaze over that? Because I didn't get any of that at all watching the movie. Yeah, when they first, like, uh, bring Batty back to their, like, fairy colony, (laughs) he's talking about um, escaping from the biology lab and that, like, um, and he was talking about how, like, terrible humans are and how afraid of humans uh, he is because all the fairies think that humans have gone extinct. He's like, no, they're real and they're scary. Here's why I I can see what, this isn't a great argument, but like, why did they have to be fairies? Like, (laughs) like, wouldn't this be more effective if they were just animals in the rainforest? Like, why did they have to take a human form? I don't know. I don't, I, 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 feel like they tried so hard to make this movie not be preachy Mm -hmm. that they ruined the movie interesting by like having it have no plot (laughs) by making it not be about real animals that live in the real rainforest yeah well so other than the fairies actually there is not like the the animals and stuff are anthropomorphized, but there is no flora or fauna in this aside from the fairies that is fantasy. Fan, fantasy, like it's no, all I know all that's real. They real just like stuff. went to they just like went to Australia and went to the rainforest and were like, cool, this is real. <laughs> but so why like what to make the animals real? To I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's just like it's easy for me to feel that way because I don't have an attachment to this movie. Yeah. Um, I I like the fairies. Um, I like I like the fairies too. I, uh, I think, well, I think because at the time, like I'm trying to think about like other the other animated stuff that was coming out around that time, Disney and non Disney, um, and like I think most of this stuff was like humanoid in nature, um, although like the the next year. Uh, this wound up being uh, distributed by 20th Century Fox, and the next year, uh, they came out with Once Upon a Forest, which is like a, a very like similar. Story. Do you think? Okay, so and that's all animals. So this came like right on the heels of The Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. which was like a huge animated movie like for the first time in a very long time and And saved disney like disney almost yeah went under and and that like set off the kind of like uh uh golden period that they had after that but this movie is basically like opposite little mermaid (laughs) Mm -hmm. like like, a lot of the talk of, like, oh, but the humans, and then, like, like a hum- like instead of, like, the mermaid going into the human's world, the human comes into the fairies. But it just yeah. felt a lot like that. Like, a little bit like it was ripping it off. Oh, of course it was ripping it off. Like... Oh, okay, good. Yeah. No. I mean, they hired animators who worked on it, like, you know, they're, they were trying to make mean a successful movie. The story did, could have been... I just think it could have been a good movie, and it wasn't. No. No, I agree. I I agree, and I would love to see somebody like remake this. Oh yeah, I would watch that. I personally would love to remake this. I made a list of a whole fantasy cast and everything. We'll get to it. Anyway, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, just that like they didn't have the resources that Disney had, but they were kind of under this constant existential threat from Disney and also kind of working on a time crunch because they wanted to get this out before Aladdin came out. Um, so, like, all of these things kind of, like, factor in. I Like, they probably could have fleshed out the story more and probably just did not have time to do that. They, yeah, well, but I they shot themselves in the foot a little bit by doing that like I, I, f- I just feel like it could have been 
like they had the cast and the pieces in place for mm-hmm. it to be like as prolific as any Disney movie, and it's just not. Yeah, no, the music's not true. as good either. The music isn't as good, but uh, like there are a few really good bops in this. Um, that Toxic Love song that Tim yeah, that's Curry a good sings song. is so good. The Tone Loke song is so good. Batty rap is truly excellent um all and most of the songs in this were actually written by thomas dolby who is the guy that had uh that she blinded me with science hit yeah i read that yeah and then one of them at least one of them let's see it pulled up one of them's written by jimmy buffett too one of them is also written by elton john Mm -hmm. yeah Um, it's like like, it has all the the pieces for it to be so good yeah and it's just not Good. Sorry, I keep shitting on their favorite movie. Yeah, you do. It's just because I don't have the attachment to it. Yeah, yeah, and like I, I said to you beforehand that like subs like there's not like a ton there story wise, but I think um, I just I really love the scenic art in this. Like it's really like enchanting and beautiful, and like just. Uh, like, I don't actually care. Other than Batty, I don't really care about any of the characters. <laughs> I care, like, a little bit about Krista, who's the main character, and Maggie, who's, like, the elder. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the nostalgia factor is big, but I think there's also, like, at, like there's elements to this that you can appreciate, even if you don't appreciate it as a whole. Yeah, this was, at like, my nostalgia here is, like, this is the last movie that I can think of before. I don't have good words for this. I'm sure there's way better words for this. But, like, like it has, a, it has like, a blurry quality to it. Where, before, like, before animation got really, like, crisp. Like, mm-hmm. if you watch, like, um, I get, even The Little Mermaid looks better than this. Because they have more money than this. Yeah, well, so, um, did, did you stream it on Amazon? Oh, my God. This is the other problem. Part of this is my fault because of how I watched it. Because I didn't want to pay for it. So I watched I watched half of it on, like, some sketchy site. And then that stopped working. Oh, so dude. then I watched, I watched <laughs> the rest of it. I'm poor. No, I get so, that. I just mean that, like, it's, it, like, if you had watched it at, like, a fuller quality, you might Well, have, no. Okay. So, like, you no, know, it gets worse. I'm not even more. done. So then I watched the rest of it on YouTube, which, like, it was fine. It was the whole movie and everything, except, like, I guess to not have it taken down, Mm -hmm. it was, like... Zoomed in to, like, half of it? No, no. It was something I've never seen before. (laughs) It was, like, like, imagine I've full-screened the YouTube video. Like, a quarter of the screen in the top left corner is the movie, and then the rest of it is just stars that are moving oh, the whole yeah. time. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Um. So that's how I watched it. So I'm sure that didn't help, but I don't think it hurt. It did not help, but either. also the, like, the digital streaming version on Amazon, like, the when they did the digital transfer of that, like they ripped it from a low quality print of the movie. Cause there's all kinds of like visual snow and stuff in it that I don't think is like part of the well, animation. It's just something that happened in the transfer from analog to digital, which happens sometimes. And especially for movies that don't have, you know, a huge, um, distribution weight behind it, which, like, it was distributed by 20th Century Fox, but it was never, like, you know, this huge behemoth of a moneymaker for them. So, um, like, no, like when no one cares about a movie, like, its quality will degrade over time um, unless it's, like, remastered and stuff. So I think that has a bit to do with it as well. Yeah, that makes sense. This um, features a lot of people who we've seen before. Yeah. I think. So we've seen Samantha Mathis in Little Women. Um, in she Little plays Women. The elder April, mm-hmm. or the elder Amy. Amy. Amy March. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, you didn't watch the trailer for the new Little Women, right? You're not going to? I'm not going to watch the trailer, but I'm going to watch the fuck out of that movie when it comes out. 
It's going to be so good. I I just, all I want is that in this version, Joe tosses Lori off a fucking cliff. That's all I've ever wanted. I don't think I that's going to happen. happen. Please, I think Amy please, and, please, I think Amy and Lori still get happen. married. Ugh. No, they never got married. Didn't they? No, she Didn't married Amy and the other guy. Don't, no, Amy and Lori get oh, married. Oh, Amy and Lori. Yeah, fuck I'm that. I'm talking about Amy, not Ugh. Joe. Throw them off a Joe cliff. And like, I've seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to read the book too. I didn't make it. Yeah. Um. Did you see the uh, version that aired on PBS last year? No. Oh, that was really good too. That I has, just don't um, need to watch. I think I just I don't need to watch three versions of it. Oh, I do. I definitely do. Um. But in that one, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter, I think, plays Joe, who we all know and love now from Stranger Things people who watch Stranger Things do. <laughs> yeah, she was really good on it. That's what I hear. <laughs> I don't actually watch Stranger Things, though. Too many flashing lights? Yeah, it is a lot of flashing lights. Um. So, yeah, her and... Uh, we haven't done Heathers. Did we do Heathers? I've watched Heathers. Did we do it on the podcast? No, I don't think so. I don't like um, that movie very much. So we haven't seen Christian Slater... Have we? No. No, I don't think so. Um. Uh. Tim Curry, we've seen in um Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. Who else? Did we see anyone else in anything? I was like, surely we've done something with Robin Williams, but I couldn't think of one. Oh well, of course he was in Hook. <laughs> oh yeah, duh. I've locked that whole movie out. Yeah. Don't because it's you. brown and gray and ugly. <laughs> Uh, uh, not something that we've done on, uh, Wistful Thinking, but Grace Zabriskie, who plays Maggie, oh, yeah. the elder, mm-hmm. is Laura Palmer's mom from Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best, craziest, screamer, meltdown haver in all the land. Uh, I think that's it. Well, do you want to tell us about your... Um, dream recasting oh yeah so I couldn't quite come up with everyone but um, I can help okay great uh so Krista the main character I think Tessa Thompson would make a really good fairy which one is she I also don't know who anybody is anymore well that's not this isn't gonna work uh no. she, <laughs> fine it's fine no she was in um sorry to bother you Yes, great. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know who that is. Um, so either her or Camila Mendez, who is she plays Veronica on Riverdale. Also, okay. a lot of these people are going to be from Riverdale. Um, okay. Batty, I was thinking like who, who could possibly who is like that do now? a Batty because he does you know all these voices and stuff, and um, it made me think. Ooh, I know who I would. Who would you pick? No, no, you do yours Okay. First. Well, it made me think about all of the voices that Nicole Byer did for Tuka and Birdie. She does, like, so many of the voices on that show, and I think that she would make a really great baddie. Yeah, I love that. Mine, yeah, that's better than mine. I would say, like, um, I this is a different vibe, but mm-hmm. I was also thinking, like, who does voices? So I was thinking of people who are on Comedy Bang Bang all the time. Yeah. Um, and, like... Carl Tart is really good at saying nonsense really fast. Okay. Um, and so is Drew Tarver. I've um, literally never heard either of those oh names before. Oh my god, they're both incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're really, really silly. They don't have, like, the speed necessarily that Robin Williams does, mm-hmm. but I think, like, I part think, of... Like, obviously the baddie would be different. You know, you can't you yeah. can't try and be Robin Williams. No one is Robin Williams but Robin Williams, and I think that, like, you could definitely take it in a different... I mean, I think what, like, what's important about baddie is, like, the improvisation of it. It's mm-hmm. like, they just let him record, like, 14 hours of lines and Yeah, then he wasn't supposed to be, like, a major character, and then they just had so much to work with that they kind of rewrote the script around him yeah so i think that's what that part actually requires yeah for sure oh i couldn't really think of a hexus i mean tim curry is also just so singular and so iconic i would do nick kroll interesting choice yeah i could see that he's got that kind of like ability to be like really deep and Mm -hmm. low in his voice Mm mm-hmm but he definitely wouldn't be as 
scary as Tim Curry may be, and he probably or can't sing. Yeah, maybe that's okay. And <laughs> uh, uh, then Maggie, I was thinking like Maggie Smith immediately came to mind, but yeah, sure. I would also accept a Judy Dench. Really, any of the dames, uh, I think. Um, but that also at the same time feels uninspired. Yeah. And kind of obvious. Oh man, know who else I would do as um Batty from from Com not just from Comedy Bang Bang. She's like has little parts in a bunch of other stuff and she's in an improv team, but uh Mary Holland. I also don't know who that is. Oh my god, she's also so hilariously funny. I'm going to look at a picture of her, because maybe I do. Oh, oh, she's in Wild Horses. Yeah, she's in Wild Horses. Okay. But I don't actually know her specifically, but I do recognize her face. I've definitely seen her in things. She's just starting to be in stuff now, which Mm -hmm. is great. She's great. Oh, you know who might make an interesting Maggie? Jane Fonda. I just watched the most recent uh, season of Grace and Frankie, and she's just such a treasure. We don't deserve yeah. her. Yeah. Or Lily did you Did you listen to the You Must Remember This about Jane Fonda? I did. Yeah, the whole series was great. So crazy. Yeah. She's had this, like, incredibly heartbreaking life, and is just still, like, just, it's such a treasure. You know who else I would totally... You know what? Any of the cast of 9 to 5 would make a great Maggie, whether it be her <laughs> or Lily Tomlin or Dolly Parton would accept any and all of them, perhaps all three of them in like a fairies from Sleeping Beauty situation where they're each a different color, you know? Oh, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, Zach, it seemed obvious that that should probably be a Hemsworth, but I'm not sure which one because I cannot tell them apart. Yeah, I can't either. I know one of them has, like, the longest torso I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't know which one that is, though. Yeah. I think it was the same one who played Thor. That's a Hemsworth, right? That's definitely a Hemsworth, yeah. I'm not sure which one. I couldn't even tell you all their names. Oh, one me, of them's I don't even know Liam. how many there are. I think there's three. Okay. Mm, okay, one of them's definitely named Liam, and he's... I think he was the one who's married to Miley Cyrus. Okay. And then... One of them is named Chris. I think that's the one who is in Thor. Mm-hmm. And there might be another one, or I might just be confused because on The Good Place, they made up a fake one. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, who else could play Zach? But you know what else I love about this movie is that, like, the love story, it's, like, barely a love story. They, like, hang out once and maybe kiss. Do they even kiss? I'm not even I, sure. If they but, do, I didn't see it. Yeah. They just kind of, you know, have fun. And that's it. And it's not this whole big, you know, overwrought thing where, you know, he saves her or anything like that. He just happens to, like, stumble into the situation and then stumble back out of it again. Do you think he would care life. about the rainforest if she wasn't hot? Probably not, no. That's probably also why they had to make her a fairy. <laughs> What's he going to fall in love with, like, a bug? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I don't know. There's been plenty of weird human cross-species attractions in cartoons. I've seen B-Movie. I oh, actually I really love seen B-Movie. B-Movie. Oh, it's so good. I have heard good things. <laughs> I love it a lot. Um, then the other guy that's in this pit, Christian Slater guy. Yeah. So he could still just be Christian Slater. He could absolutely still be Christian Slater, but I have two more people from the cast of Riverdale that I would maybe cast in his place. The first is Madeline Pesch. She plays a character called Cheryl Blossom on Riverdale and I'm obsessed with her and she has red hair and she's beautiful and I love her. 
Also, her character's a lesbian. It's great. Um, I think she... And she's, like, also, like, friends with people, but, like, she's really also an antagonist all the time. So I think that, like, that she has, like, the perfect vibe for that kind of character who's, like, not evil and not necessarily an enemy, but, like, definitely a frenemy, perhaps, you know? Um, Or either her or... What's his name? Uh, Charles Melton... He plays one of the gang members in Riverdale, and he's extremely hot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And then the other uh, character that I wrote down, Goana, played by Tone Loke in the original, it's got to be Lizzo. There's no other option. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Oh, how long? Yeah, how long before somebody... uh cast Lizzo to do an animated voice. Mm, I feel like she already has, maybe. Really? I don't know. Let's She's see. gonna be in a movie, but not an animated one. Mm, yeah, maybe that's it. I just wanna say, I'm sure other people did this too, but I called Lizzo like a year and a half ago. <laughs> and I was like, how, I was like trying to tell people, I was like, how do you not get this? How do you not know who she is? And nobody knew what I was talking about. You know, and now she's sometimes huge. It just people take a while, but they get there eventually. And why, like the song I was trying to tell people about, like a year and a half ago, was "Truth Hurts," and she has a whole different new album out now. Why are we still listening to "Truth Hurts"? She actually has like four of the top ten iTunes tracks right now, and like two of them are from that older album. <laughs> It's which it's uh, whatever. It's great. It's a great yeah, song. No, I'm it's happy for her. It's fine, but that kind of thing makes me nuts. Yeah. Like one time, I remember being really mad about this. Maybe it's not accurate. <laughs> Here's what I remember: Beyonce won a bunch of Grammys one year, and they were all for for an album and songs that were like over a year old mm-hmm. and I was just like somebody explain this to me I don't understand how this is possible like isn't it supposed to be mu- like music from now and no one could explain it I don't get it maybe there just wasn't any good music that came out that year and they were like well Beyonce did release that album they were just like we default to Beyonce <laughs> yeah all right you know, like just as a way to get people to watch the award show and get her to sh- actually show up to it. Because why would she go if she wasn't going to win an award? Nah, she goes to stuff, right? But only like if she's presenting or winning an award. And that's just like, in general, a problem that like the Grammys and the VMAs and stuff have. Because no one wa- actually wants to go to those things. So they like. Would have you? To- well, yeah, no, thanks. The whole, all award shows seem like a total nightmare to me. They're but. so, I can't even, I can't even. Okay, what else about Fern Gully? Uh, it was part of this wave of, like, environmentalism. Um, oh, yeah, they had to, like, wait. They wanted to make this movie for, like, a thousand years. Yeah. But they basically had to wait for a bunch of celebrities to be like, yeah, environmental... Um, I, I have a quote from an article I forget what it was called hang on a second Fern Gully it was from Vanity Fair ah, Fern Gully at 25 inside the creation of a millennial silent spring by Chantal Tatoli uh, Silent Spring was a book that came out in like the late sixties, I think, that like kind of um, not necessarily kicked off the environmental movement, but it really brought a lot of attention to issues with pesticides and all the poison that companies were dumping into the environment. Um, but the, so this person wrote an article about how, for many people of the millennial generation who saw this, were uh, inspired. Uh, to care about the environment by this and other movies that came out around the same time. She said, quote, by the late 1980s, the environment had become a cause celebre, 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 
for I don't know that's a French word for celebs Sting appeared on the cover of Paris Match with an Amazonian tribe chief and Madonna threw a benefit concert in New York called Don't Bungle the Jungle on Earth Day in 1998 a shaggy haired Tom I be right back I have to throw up so okay she's <laughs> like no it's just like I can't like this article this like that shit's 30 years old and like it's all still the same it's oh just, like, yeah i thought you were literally gonna throw no no, no i literally just, really throw just like it moment. makes no <laughs> no like, that's weird too i mean it would be one thing if i suddenly had to barf for no reason but you know no i just like it's infuriating like no i agree I, that, this is what i was talking about when i said to my therapist like what is everyone doing like this is what i mean yeah but anyway uh, on Earth Day in 1990, a shaggy-haired Tom Cruise delivered a speech at a DC rally, quote, Have you planted a tree? Do it! End Remember quote. when that's what they all, the, what we thought we had to do? Yeah. Was just, like, plant trees? Well, no, like, I, <laughs> trees we are great. haven't it's gotten fun. much further than that. So many people think that all they have to do is stop using plastic straws and things will be fine, you know? Like, it's it would be so... It's, it's, we talk about this all the time that like our media and our culture has no room for like complexity and nuance and complex problems. So they get distilled into these like single issue. Like if we just really care about the rainforest and just plant some trees, everything will be fine. When the reality is that like the deforestation of the rainforest ties in with you know, uh, globalization and uh, global climate change and all of this, like, other stuff that, like, simply planting a tree is not going to help. Also, but, like, I cannot do anything about that. Right. It is not, like, this, like, whole thing. I'm through my phone. I'm angry. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> this, like, whole thing of, like, like us as the consumers like yes we have the power a little bit because we have the money but like i can't just choose to stop buying shit that comes in plastic because everything comes in plastic what do you want me to do like oh no on top of that i'm poor like i can't actually make the investment a lot of times to like do better than that it's like it just this whole thing of like it's our fault we have to change it no it's fucking not my fault like it's the people who make the shit have to stop making it Mm-hmm. whatever that's i'm like that's where i like i and just also feel so helpless a small slice of the problem you know like yeah no that's that was just like an example yeah like, it's no, the whole thing the whole it's all it's all connected though you yeah know? it's like it is all connected and it's it's frustrating like i joke all the time like remember when people used to care about the rainforest <laughs> like because that was like such a huge singular issue in the 90s and it or like the hole in the ozone layer and these things that like bubble up as these like that huge... was such a buzzword yeah i feel like when we were young the thing about the ozone layer yeah that and nobody these huge single even. causes that you know it's easy to say like you know, we're doing something, we're making a difference when, you know, the companies that are not just dumping tons of toxic sludge and uh, emissions into the atmosphere, but also, like, spending billions of dollars to lobby uh, and buy our government, um, you know, they're the ones. And not that, like, people can't, you know, make... A little bit of a different you know if everyone's trying their best but like when it comes down to it like this issue is so much bigger than planting a tree or even you know throwing money at a gofundme for like some amazon thing i don't know like that just with the um current uh, burning of the Amazon rainforest like it's it's frustrating to me to watch people be like if we just keep throwing money at this problem we'll solve it um, and that's not necessarily true like it's it's not just we can't dump money on the fire <laughs> you know no. it's like things need to change at a, on a systemic policy level too but 
that's not what we're here to talk that's about. That's not what this podcast is. Yeah. Oh, how do we get out of the the deep, dark, burning fire hole that we're in now? That we dug ourselves into. Um, remember that all the power of a creation exists in a single seed. Which is so true, you know? It is true. But, like, that's what I mean. Just, like, what is everyone else doing? Like, that's the only truth that there is in the world. (laughs) We're all just ignoring it. Is it that people don't know what they're doing or they are just so intently focused on distracting themselves from the fundamental truth that we are all going to die. I, yeah, I mean, I just don't think we're, we were, our society is built around, it's built around something very different than what feels like real. Oh, you're telling me I'm selling jewelry and handbags these days. I know. It is. (laughs) soul crushing well, like, when, so many... like you know the world is literally on fire and also we're putting people in concentration camps and like you can't pick out a bag that you want like what the fuck yeah. it's driving me insane i might actually lose my mind one of these days and like just be like what are you doing because people they just they spend so much money on stupid useless crap just to distract themselves from you know speaking of distracting yourself yeah, guess sorry. what i started watching what 90 day fiance oh that sounds very escapist okay so like every podcast that i listen to somebody who's been on it watches this dumb show like and then i just kept seeing it on instagram everyone was like oh my god i have to go watch it and i was like you know what fine fine so this is this is how i did it because i was like i'm not what am i'm not just gonna like sit down in my nice spare time and like watch a show like watch a whole episode or something Mm -hmm. the first episode is like an hour and a half long i don't care that much but i would just every episode a different 90 day fiance or is it like 90 days over the course of a season no every season follows like several different couples and the reason it's 90 days is because all of the people like one half of the couple is american okay and they're all engaged yeah Yeah. it's a visa problem they're all engaged to people who are not american and so they've all received a visa where their fiance is allowed to come for 90 days and they like have Mm -hmm. to get married in the 90 days i guess and then they can stay um I see that to me would not be escapist because I would just be thinking about immigration problems. No, I mean, it's like, it's so dumb. It's like you really, it would be hard to think about that. (laughs) Like these people are so, oh my God. Sometimes I have to turn it. Anyway. Okay. So I was like, I'm not just going to sit down and watch a whole episode. Like it's not, I'm not going that far, but I would just like put it on while I ate breakfast for like 15 minutes at a time. And I watched, like, two episodes that way, like, really slowly over the course of many days. Um, And then I think I kind of got over it, but, like, I kind of get it. Like, it's just, like, some of the people are fascinating. (laughs) And I recognize that some of it is just, like, how it's edited. Yes, of course. But, like, they are fascinating. And it's just, like, watching what seems like it's gonna be a train wreck and I I don't think all of them end up train wrecks but it's so interesting and of course like every person in like the American's life is like okay but they're probably just coming to get to America you know that right and it's so interesting Hmm. so anyway sounds like it I did that that was felt out of character for me yeah I, uh, they finally, they finally, okay, so exciting. Uh, Designing Women is finally available, streaming. I'm so excited. I spent all afternoon watching several episodes, all of which were, like, 
seeing old friends because I have seen all of those episodes so many times because they used to air it on like Lifetime back to back with Golden Girls every weekday. Um, yeah, I remember. I never watched it, but I always remember seeing that it was on. Oh, it's so wonderful, but also so infuriating because just like we were talking about with environmental issues, it's like this show was made 30 years ago and like still we're dealing with the exact same issues because it's like a very strong feminist show and these women are, you know, working women dealing with being women in the world and, you know, not a ton has changed and that's very frustrating. However, it's very funny and Julia Sugarbaker, who's like one of the main characters, tells people off all the time in the most dignified and fantastic way that I have always aspired to and never once managed to pull off. Um... But also it takes place in Georgia, so there's like some questionable racial dynamics, which mm. is upsetting, but I haven't gotten into too much of that yet. Ooh, I also saw Ready or Not, mm. mm-hmm. which was not, I don't want to say it's good, but I like, I really appreciate a nice, quick, oh yeah horror movie <laughs> and I that's what it is a nice quick movie in general because movies are so long these days i appreciate most in horror movies though because in a horror movie you have to build so much tension mm-hmm. and there's like such an art to it and it's so it's so kind of predictable but also like it works most of the time yeah um so it's like I find myself like really appreciating like the structure of that. Um, yeah. And it actually it had a really fantastic ending. Oh, that's good. That wasn't necessarily like surprising if I were to describe it to you. But like visually it was like, whoa, <laughs> I, I like made noise <laughs> at the ending. <laughs> Cool. And I have like something to look forward to when it inevitably is no longer in a theater and I can see it at home. Um, Adam Brody is still Seth Cohen. Um, which, okay, I'm still like slowly watching the OC. Mm-hmm. And like, we all know when you go back and watch it as an adult, Seth Cohen's the worst. The worst. And Adam Brody even... Even admitted that. He was like, you know, I haven't come out to watch it, but I'm pretty sure if I did, it would be like, okay, obviously Seth Cohen is just like a narcissistic asshole, which he is. Mm-hmm. But um, I just started the second season and like Summer really starts to kind of call him out on it, even though she loves him and whatever she it doesn't it doesn't go unnoticed that that's how he's behaving. Well, that's good. Um, it doesn't make you better, but... Um, it's also, like, I'm in the second season now, and Ryan Atwood and Seth Cohen is really, like, a, sometimes problematic, but, like, really lovely bromance. They do have a lovely bromance. That's what the show is really about. Yes, absolutely. Also, the bromance between, um, Ryan and Sandy well, that's not a bromance. That's just a father-son thing that is, yeah, like, really wonderful. But they they have a little bit of a bromance, and I just enjoy it. And I want, like, a little buddy comedy with the two of them. Uh, Sandy Cohen, by the way, is in the most recent season of Grace and Frankie. He plays a younger suitor for uh, Jane Fonda. And he's still so handsome. Still got those yeah. eyebrows. Mm-hmm. He's so funny. I love him. Uh, Today I watched The Beach Bum, uh, Harmony Corinne's last movie, and it is a sublime, wonderful movie. (laughs) It made me so happy. Somehow he keeps making movies like that that are worth watching. Which is shocking because his earlier movies are so horrible to watch like not that they're bad they're just horrifying in terrible ways and gross and weird ways um not that this movie isn't 
kind of horrifying and gross and weird, which it like is, but just in a tremendously beautiful, wonderful and hilarious way. It made me so happy. I just had like a big goofy smile on my face the whole time. Matthew McConaughey, really, we don't deserve him. He's Yeah, he's pretty great. Pretty next level. Also, Zach Efron in that movie. What a revelation. He has some incredible Jinkos that he's wearing. Ooh, Jinkos. Does <laughs> yeah. he also have the hair? Is that oh, that movie? God, yes, the hair. Yeah, that's it's, what I thought. I didn't even recognize him at first. I just was like, wow, that's that is like commitment to an aesthetic for a character. That's some choices. Um and then I realized it was him. It was like, holy fuck. I was trying to think, I was like, what other movie has a dude where you're like, oh, wow, that was that guy? It was, wasn't it also Zac Efron in the, in the Disaster Artist and he played Chris R? Mm. I think it was. Yeah, that, I saw that recently too. It really kind of knocked my socks off. Talk about commitment. (laughs) Yeah. everyone involved the, the, I didn't love the movie but it's I I don't I don't know it doesn't matter why it was fine read the book though mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I don't know I think I'm having like a whole problematic thing with the room in general yeah and with Tommy Wiseau in general yeah that's fair but um, James Franco really disappeared into him, like yeah. in a way that I was like very surprised by. But like yes and no, like I think he did a good job. But wouldn't this is this is my problem with it? For, like for the most part, it's like they put a bunch of people in it who they were like, yeah, and then we'll use that guy, and then this guy will do this, and this guy will do this, and you're like, yeah, of course this person showed up in this movie. Like I almost would have rather it be like people I've never seen before telling the story so that you're not, you don't have this like attachment to like, yeah. Oh, this is this actor that I already know. So I have certain feelings about it playing. But again, I just think I have a lot of feelings about it because like I have a long history with that movie. Right. Yes. A pre-existing relationship with it will change how you feel about it for sure. Yeah. I watched the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants movies for the first time, and I loved them so oh, much. I could see that. I don't think I've ever seen them. Um, they're not great, but they're like, like all I want are like nice movies about but they female seem friendship. nice. Yeah, they seem nice, <laughs> and they are. And I uh, just really a good like sob on both of them. I cried through most of the second one because I was already so attached to the characters. Uh-huh. I like started crying during the opening voiceover and like cried through the whole movie. I also finally saw A Star Is Born. Oh, I didn't see that either. It's not. It, I I don't get it. I That's don't get why it. I didn't see it. I, I mean, didn't think I would either. Although, can I tell you? Okay, I know we both have the thing about people singing together. And so there was like that one song from yeah. that movie. And I was driving a bunch of kids somewhere um, at sleepaway camp. And that song came on. I think they even asked to have it put on. Like mm-hmm. the person I was with put it on. And they all sang the entire song together. Oh, wow. And it was it was also just like so wildly different from every other song that we had listened to, which was all like garbage music that I was like, why are we listening to this? And you are not allowed to say those words. Mm-hmm. So then we put on this like beautiful song and they all sang it. And I definitely almost cried. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I watched it while I was babysitting. So I had to like pause it a bunch of times and like freak out while trying to keep a baby alive. But um. Uh, Lady Gaga is amazing. I love her so much. She is so good in that movie. And Bradley Cooper fucking sucks. I hate him so much. <laughs> Why? I just, it like, the movie is so, like, 
embarrassingly self-indulgent for him because he directed it and like this was like his baby and like the movie should really be about her but it's really about him and it's just like very oh it's an example of this movie is about the wrong person oh of course so much yes absolutely this movie was absolutely about the wrong person um but it was fine it just was like god i hate you bradley cooper (laughs) i really only like him in wet hot american summer and like that's it everything else else is he in oh he's been in all sorts of shit um he was in the hangover i think that was like his big breakout movie like that um yeah it's like really not my not my thing he was in oh silver linings playbook which i did not enjoy at all have we talked about that i don't think so but i also hated it okay great yeah uh i don't know i just find him annoying in general and then like the whole like oh i do i have he's in limitless i'm looking at his um thing i have wanted to see limitless for a long time but just because it seems really incredibly dumb and it was like a recurring bit that scott ackerman and paul f used to do on comedy bang bang where they would talk about limitless and it made me really want to see it you know paul f tompkins was somebody else that i considered for my fantasy baddie casting yeah okay completely different vibe but would be interesting or h john benjamin you know just like thinking of people who do interesting voice voiceover work I saw I saw Comedy Bang Bang live since we talked last. Oh too. yeah, how was that? Oh, my dreams came true. Oh, it was that's incredible. Nice. It was Paul F and Scott and Lauren and Ego Nuodum. Do you know her from SNL? I don't. Oh, I've never seen her on SNL because I don't watch it. Yeah, I don't. Um, I just if <laughs> someone knows her, usually. it's either from that or Comedy Bang Bang. I assume, and you don't yeah, listen no. to Comedy Bang Bang. Um, she is so silly, and just like the stuff that comes out of her mouth, you're like, "How are you doing that? Like, what? What? <laughs> like, she's so funny. Um, it's incredible." All my dreams came true. I went by myself. It was great. Well, that's nice. They also was my first experience of being somewhere where you could use an app on your phone to order drinks from the bar. And I guess I was like, I didn't, I didn't do it, but I think the people next to me did. So I was like trying to creep on their app to be like, Ooh, this is weird. How does this work? And I think you like order it from the a menu on the app and then it like texts you or has like an alert when it's ready and then you just like stand up to go get it oh man i love it when technology makes it so we don't actually have to interact with people i guess but like i it was weird i don't know that's just another thing where i'm like really like this is where we're putting our resources like come on yeah well we don't need this that is I mean, don't even get me started on the shit we don't need in tech in Silicon Valley in general. People just diverting so much time and effort and money into stupid shit when they could be, you know, I don't know, planting trees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, planting trees and buying metal straws. Yeah. Okay, anything else? No. Cool. Um, We'll be back in two weeks with Biodome, a very, very different kind of environmental movie. I am really looking forward to it. I I am too, actually. So we could do that next time, or... Oh, never mind. I was going to say, or next month we could do a whole Pauly Shore month, which I would not object to and would be very into. But next month would be October and obviously we have to do horror movies so that's not we're not doing that well maybe just a different time we could find because like I feel like I've pitched that to you before and you were like no so like that you're saying that makes me like yes let's do it right now 
Uh, no, I, I mean, I think that, like, we've floated Polly Shore as, like, one of the dude comedians. Yeah, that's what that I we mean. Like, do. surely we talked about it then. Yeah, but I just was too burnt out on it when we did too many of them in a row. But I love Polly Shore. I'm like a, I will stand up for Polly Shore until the day I, I die. I cannot think of another thing he's in except for the Goofy movie, where he's okay. the cheese whiz guy. <laughs> yeah, well, he is in Encino Man, iconic part in that. He's I've never in, seen that. Oh, oh wow. We're gonna okay. We can still do Biodome next time, but we're also gonna have to have a Polly Shore month at some point. Yeah, I mean that's. I think that's what we should do. He's in Son-in-Law. He's in In the Army Now. All of these were wonderful, hilarious movies. Fun fact about Biodome that's not actually a fact because it's don't, not true. You're not gonna save it for next time. I'll save it for next time. There's a teaser. I have a fun fact that's not actually <laughs> a fact about Biodome. Cool. So, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, under a rock. Cool. I'll Google that. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at JordoPC. Uh, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.